Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking, or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress. Drummer and the Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Joseph Ferguson. How are you all doing? This has been a crazy couple months. I hope you guys are well and you're safe uh, and your spirits are okay. You're feeling good. Uh, Even with everything going on, I hope you guys are okay. Um, On today's podcast, as promised, we are going to be covering, covering meditation. So specifically, we'll be talking about why meditate. So what's the purpose of doing this in the first place? Um, we're going to talk about three specific meditation techniques techniques that you can explore. There's so many out there, but these are three that I've utilized and used for many, many years. So I feel like I can speak uh, confidently about them and the effects that they've had on me and also uh, give you some tips as to Um, How do you maintain a a meditation practice? How do you keep it going? That's the big challenge for us hunter types. It's like, okay, doing it maybe once or twice, we can do that. But then getting it as part of our schedule, that becomes sometimes a little difficult. So we're going to be covering why meditate, three meditation techniques to explore, and then maintaining a meditation practice. So a couple of quick announcements. 
a close friend of this podcast, the novelist Warren Goldie, author of the book Waking Maya, just wrote an article about this work and posted it to medium.com. The article is called The Hunter Type, A Holistic Approach to Managing Adult ADHD. It's a really thorough introduction to the topics we discuss on this podcast. It's really, really worth the read. I was pretty floored when I read it. So um, I'll, li- I'll leave a link to the article in the podcast description. And if you haven't already, uh, many of you have already read it, but if you haven't already, check out Waking Maya. It's a metaphysical fiction novel that's outstanding. Uh, I will leave a link to that as well in the description. Uh, Warren and I worked together back in the late 90s. Um, I met him after he finished working on Steven Spielberg's Shoah project. And then the project that we ended up working on uh, got nominated for Smithsonian Innovation Award, which is pretty amazing. We were both kind of like, whoa, I can't believe that just happened. Um, So we go way back and it was just super cool to check out that article and uh, see how he, what was his perspective on this work. So again, I will put a link to both of those in the description and uh, check those out. Also, I just want to say thank you to all of you who showed up to the last Hunter Type gathering. Uh, Man, it was fantastic connecting with all of you. We had a great, great turnout. And uh, I know many of you have been emailing and asking when we're going to do it again. We will most likely do it at the end of this month. We'll do another one. Uh, just because we had such a great response from it. So uh, if you're interested, we probably won't announce it on the podcast. Uh, I don't know if I'll put out another podcast between now and then. So please, if you want to be, I want to get the link to that, please join the email list and we'll send out uh, as soon as we have the final date for that. And finally, our next online support group will start in June. So keep an eye for the email announcement on that. We should be opening the registration in about a week or so. So keep an eye out for that. Okay, so to start our discussion on meditation and ADHD and how it affects us hunter types, I think we need to start with just asking the question, why meditate? What's the point of meditation? So many of you know this already, but I just want to cover it briefly. Um, Scientific studies have shown, and I will link to one of those in the description of this podcast, that for ADHD, meditation can reduce anxiety, So that's one of our classic challenges. Strengthen our ability to focus, very important, especially strengthening that muscle that pulls our, that we can pull ourselves back from whatever the distraction is and stay focused on the task at hand. So this relates to stress reduction And overall, with those two pieces, it's about reducing the mental chatter that's going on in our head that is often creating the stress and the anxiety and quieting that down to the point where we can focus on the task at hand. So for most of us, the challenge is it's not so much the focus, it's about having our mind quiet enough so that we're not being pulled in this direction or pulled in that direction or being so stressed out that we can't focus on the task at hand. I think that's really important to mention. And so meditation gives us an ability to strengthen those inner muscles, our mental muscles to get to the place where we can pull ourselves back as well as quieting our mind. So going beyond just the studies on ADHD and meditation, uh, they've done brain scans on people that have meditated for many, many, many years. So Buddhist monks and people that have practiced some kind of mindfulness 
uh, routine daily for many, many years. And they found that it literally shrinks their amygdala. The amygdala, as if you can recall from other podcasts, is the part of our brain that gets kicked in when we are in a fight or flight situation. And so it has evolved over time to keep us safe. So if something's going to fall on us or if we were going to be attacked by the tiger, it cues, it says, okay, you're in danger. And it shuts down our thinking mind, our kind of cognitive skills, and just says, you need to run and get out of the situation. And it, and your body then releases cortisol and adrenaline. And it's basically, you are just, your directive is to get out of the situation. The issue becomes when the, the amygdala now gets cued and starts to take over when there's perceived threat. And our modern society has thousands of things where we feel like when, we're, when our job's threatened or there's some situation with your family that it gets triggered as well. And the issue of that becomes if it's getting triggered all the time, you're constantly being flooded with cortisol and adrenaline and you're, you're stressed out. And so what they found is in brain scans of people that have done meditation for a long time, they're literally, they're, they're amygdala has shrunk down. So they're less likely to get triggered in non-life-threatening situations. That's a huge deal. That's, that basically means their, their stress, stress threshold has been reduced dramatically from everyone else. They, so they've experienced less stress and they have a greater sense of overall peace as they go through their day-to-day life. And so to add to this, I want to go back to our previous podcast on mindfulness. So meditation is the number one way to strengthen your mindfulness, strengthen your ability to be fully in the present moment. So some of the meditation practices we'll discuss today are about watching your thoughts. So when you start to develop your inner watcher, where you're watching your thoughts versus fully being engaged and identifying with your thoughts, you're no longer 100% in reaction mode. You have an ability to perceive the thoughts as they arise, and you have an ability to make a choice versus being fully engaged in the thought and feeling like this is me, this is happening, and you have no wiggle room to say stop, let's take that in. Is that true? Is this thought true? Oh, I see that I'm dwelling on this thought and dwelling on this thought and dwelling on this thought. When you have an ability to watch your thoughts versus being fully being identified with them, you have traction. You're able to make a deci- make a different decision Whereas if you're just in reaction mode, you almost, you're completely powerless. You're just you're basically not in the driver's seat anymore. And so meditation builds your ability to become the watcher of your thoughts versus just being 100% identified with them. And it may be, as time goes on, you'll start to see maybe if you do a meditation practice every day, you'll start to see, oh, okay, maybe I'm in 90% reaction mode, but there's 10% you're watching it just a little bit and you can get a little bit of traction and say, okay, wait, take a breath. Okay, stop. What do I need to do in this situation? So that awareness comes from you building that muscle of mindfulness, which meditation is the number one way to do it. Uh, as well as tools like journaling, as I've discussed before, that's still another way of you watching your inner process and having a little distance from it instead of being fully engaged with it. So one analogy I've heard that I really like uh, 
it goes like this. So it's basically you've got two monkeys on either side of you and they've got, they're holding two ends of a rope that's wrapped around your neck. And as you grow up and you're, you're, you start to identify with the culture and you learn language and you start to assess like things happen and you've had things go wrong and you've experienced some kind of pain. It's as if those two monkeys are slowly tightening that rope around your neck. Each is pulling a little harder and over time, you don't even realize because it's happening so slowly how much mental suffering is occurring because your your ego, that part of you that ident- that thinks it's the small little self, gets stronger and stronger and it becomes more and more and more painful. Because, but because it happens so slowly, you don't fully realize it. And so when you start meditating and you start to find ways into quieting your mind, you realize how tight that rope has been and you start to have an ability to loosen the rope and soften it to the point where you can experience, hopefully, pure quiet and you're able to just perceive the world as it is versus the mental commentary and all the visuals that appear in your mind's eye that, if you think about it, are the things that are causing you the suffering most of the time. So you may be dwelling on something that happened two years ago, and then you're worried about something in the future. That's that rope around your neck just getting a little tighter and a little tighter. Whereas there's a potential for you to have to start to build a button that you can click that will quiet that down, release the noose around your neck, and get you back to a state of peace and quiet. And to me, that is the deep, meaningful purpose of developing a meditation practice. It's extremely, extremely powerful. And I, I think it's important to note here, um, with a lot of the people that I talk with in our groups, there's a sense over time that meditation has turned into this big clinical have to. My therapist told me I should do it. I re- you know, I'm hearing it on this podcast. People are talking about it. I should do it. And that should do it kills it. So to me, if you're thinking you should meditate, stop, walk away from it. Don't do it out of a should place because you won't be able to, you most likely won't be able to um, keep it going over long periods of time. So the alternate Uh, idea that I want to offer to you is it's a get to. This is one of the most beautiful things you can ever learn to do. And think of it as if you're listening to music or dancing or something you do just because you do it, because it's enjoyable to do in the moment. You don't think, oh, okay, I got to schedule listening to music and I got to listen to that new track because I should do it. And, you know, I heard scientific studies that say that if I listen to music, I'll feel better. It's like, that's not why people go to concerts. (laughs) That's not why you rush out and buy like the latest uh, album from someone that you really love. You do it because you love doing it. It's enjoyable. It's pleasant. It's It's a release. That should be the reason why you meditate. That's why I got into meditation. I've been doing meditation for 25 years now. And I want to encourage you to revisit your um, impulse to meditate and see if you can find your way into it that is pleasant, enjoyable, and you get to do it and you get to just fully immerse yourself in the present moment. Find a way to quiet the mind down so you can get to these really deep, juicy mental states that you may not have experienced. Maybe you experienced them like fleeting glimpses of of them when you were very, very young, before you started to learn language. You might have memories of being very young where it was very peaceful and there was just joy and you're just fascinated by the world around you. 
That's the reason to meditate. So before we launch into a few uh, meditation techniques that I found really helpful, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the different types of meditation techniques that are out there, just so you have a menu to choose from. I really want to encourage you to find a meditation practice that feels comfortable for you. A good meditation practice will start to yield up real rewards very quickly. One or two sittings, you should start to feel like, oh, okay, wow, that actually got me into this really deep space. I want to keep doing this. You want to look for that versus like feeling like you have to do this for like a month or two months before you start to see benefits. Find a meditation practice that really fits you and spend some time looking around. It's okay to like test some things out until you find one that really clicks in for you. So this is not a comprehensive list, but this will at least give you Uh, a starting place to have an idea of what's out there, especially if you're new to meditation. So the first one is watching your breath, some variation of watching your breath. And there's many different versions of this. And I will discuss that a little, one of those a little bit later in the podcast. There's also movement meditation. So that could be something like Tai Chi or Qigong or walking meditation. You may want to look at Thich Nhat Hanh's work. For many hunter types, movement meditation is very natural to us, and that might be the one that you really lock into. There's also mantra meditation or some kind of repeated phrase that you say over and over and over again. That's another form of meditation. This also connects in if you were brought up with some kind of religious background, um, prayer where you're repeating the same prayer over and over again is extremely effective in just quieting your mind down. Again, you're focusing on one particular thing to the exclusion of everything else. And so when you find yourself getting distracted, you just bring yourself back to that repeated phrase. And one example of this is called the centering prayer. This was developed by Thomas Keating, who was a, a Trappist monk. And so he spent most of his life in silence. And uh, he was able to develop a very specific meditation technique that has a fairly large community around it. So that is one that you may be interested in as well. So that's called the Centering Prayer. I will leave a link in the description for that. There are also meditations that focus on the subtle energy moving through your body. This is another form of really profound meditation practice. Uh, Kundalini yoga is one example of that, but there's many examples of just quieting down and becoming aware of the energy as it moves through your body. We are vibrating atoms, and when you become aware that there's, and many of us know, especially as hunter types, when you're feeling really energized, you can feel that energy moving through you. And so the meditation practice becomes becoming aware of the, of that energy movement. And as you refine your consciousness, you'll start to see, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that this energy movement is happening all the time and I just wasn't aware of it. There are also meditation practices where you are given something to visualize and maintain that visualization and that becomes the meditation. Many versions of that as well. So this is not a comprehensive list, but I want to encourage you to find a meditation practice that really fits you and you feel comfortable doing it because the benefits of meditation are so profound that if you find a practice that really fits you, then you're able to sustain it for longer periods of time and really find the benefits of it. So 
Find something that feels comfortable. Know that there's going to be a little bit of a barrier to entry, especially because we live in a very highly distractible environment with phones and and everything, going, especially now with COVID and all everything going on with that, the heightened anxiety. It may be a little difficult, but push through that a little bit and see if you can get yourself, set the goal to get to that place where you find that your mind has quieted down. See if you can get to the place where you're like, okay, this practice quieted down the chatter in my head and the visuals that come up in your head that are associated with thoughts. If you can find a practice that does that, that you have that button that you can click to quiet your mind down, that is something that's going to make a huge difference in your life. So much of what I'm going to be talking about, uh, you can reference from chapter eight of my book, Drummer in the Great Mountain. Specifically, if you go to page 184, you'll see some of the, the photographs of some of the sitting positions I'm going to be talking about. Or you can just look them up. I'll mention the terms and then you can just Google them. Uh, so posture is really important when you have some kind of sitting meditation practice. And basically that means you want to find a comfortable sitting position that you can maintain for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, depending on how long your session is. So the practice sitting position that I find most comfortable, and I think for, for most people, this is a good starting place, is, is called Siza. That's a Japanese term for proper sitting. So that's basically you kneeling and basically sitting on your ankles with your spine erect. And if you've seen any pictures of people uh, in Japan meditating, it's, it'll look familiar to you. So it's Siza, that's S-E-I-Z-A. I believe that's the correct pronunciation. Uh, so that's a comfortable position because you're kind of resting in your, on your, your ankles. Your spine is erect, and you can usually sit in that position for longer periods of time. Now, uh, you can also just sit in a chair comfortably with your spine straight and your feet on the floor. That's also totally fine, and you will get the same amount of benefit out of the practice if you sit that way. No problem. The key is having your spine erect but comfortable. So if you find you're really straining, then you know it's okay to arch your back a little bit, but see if you can get your spine as tall as it can be. Now, if you want to be, have a little more of advanced practice than sitting cross-legged, sort of Indian style, that could be one sitting position or even more so lotus position. So that's when you actually wrap your, your ankles are, are resting on top of the adjacent uh, knee. Now that's, now I've, over time, if you do a lot of yoga, it gets easier and easier to do that. And that becomes a very comfortable position. But the most important thing is to find a sitting position that feels comfortable, that you can stay in for longer periods of time. So it's also helpful to have some kind of timer to let you know when to come out of the meditation. So you set it for 5, 10, 15 minutes, and then that a sound goes off and it lets you know to start coming out of the meditation. That would be traditional if you were sitting uh, in a meditation like a zendo. They would tap a gong to let you know that it's time to now come out of the meditation. So you might want to look at like the app Insight Timer. That's got a really good timer or any kind of timer that will just give you a, a subtle noise to bring you out of the meditation like a gong noise. Um, but if you don't want to use the phone, then find just some kind of timer that will quietly go off. Um, if you have a kitchen timer that's 
that you can have adjust the volume, you could use that. Uh, you can even just have a, a clock that you look at and, and check. But it's ideal to stay in the meditation and have something go off so that it just brings you out of it. So we're going to explore three different meditation practices. So if you're driving right now, you might want to come back to this later or just listen and note the practice and then come back to this when you can find a place where you can sit down and close your eyes and do each of these practices. So in your environment, if you can turn off anything that would distract you, uh, maybe close the door, find a place where you can sit quietly for a few minutes without being interrupted. And we're going to start with the focus on the breath meditation. So finding a comfortable seated position, allow your eyes to close, straighten your spine, and start to relax your body, start to relax the muscles in your body, starting from the top of your head, moving down to your feet. Relax your facial muscles, relax your shoulders, and start to become aware of your breath. And first, just bring your awareness to your stomach and notice how your stomach is expanding and contracting as you're breathing in and out. Just start to settle into your body. Now you're going to bring your awareness to the point that is the tip of your nose where the air is coming in and going out of your body. And what you want to do, the directive is to rest your attention at the point where air is coming in and going out, but you're not following the air in and you're not following it out. You're just resting your awareness at the tip of your nose to the, the exact point where the air is coming in and going out and you're just resting your attention there and if your mind wanders which it will slowly and gently bring it back to the breath just become aware of that one particular place where the air is coming in and going out and if images appear in your mind's eye and you start to hear chatter in your head just, again, bring your attention back to the tip of your nose, the point where the air is coming in and going out. And you're not following it in. You're not following it out. You're just resting your, your attention right at that specific point. And it's common to have itches or maybe slight body pains that maybe arise and become more intense as you do a meditation practice. It's okay. Just, to let, just note them and then slowly bring your attention back to your breath. Just right back to that point where the air is coming in and going out right at the tip of your nose. Now start to release that focus. Take a couple deep breaths in and out. Let your eyes open. 
and then just come back into the room. So that's the essence of a focus on the breath meditation. It's extremely simple. It's deceptively simple because as you rest your awareness on that one point, over time, you'll start to see that your mind will go through its spinning and you'll start, maybe it gets a little louder inside, the chatter gets a little louder. But then if you keep coming back to the breath and keep coming back to the breath, you'll start to notice that the, the chatter starts to quiet down and then all that's left in your awareness is that one point, that one point where air is coming in and going out coming in and going out. And so if you follow this practice and say you you set an initial intention to sit down and do this for five minutes in a sitting and then come back to it the next day and then after two practices, note whether or not you were able to get to a place where you at least noticed a re- reducing of anxiety and a quieting of your mind. Now, if it felt comfortable and you can sit for even longer, then do that. But each time, set a time limit for yourself. So just like in in, a, in some kind of sport activity where you'd say, okay, I'm going to do like, um, I'm going to run uh, one mile today and, and one and a quarter miles tomorrow. With meditation, you can do the same thing where you set a, say, okay, today I'm going to do five minutes and then tomorrow I'm going to try to do seven minutes and then maybe the next day you try to do 10 minutes. See if you can expand your practice over the next few days, especially if you start to find the benefit that your mind is starting to quiet. And think of it as a challenge. Think of it as how long can I do this for and maintain this practice. And the tricky part is, while you're doing it, don't note how long you've you've gone. Just the, the entire directive is to just keep your attention on that one particular point. And over time, you'll start to see if you do this practice for say like a week, or maybe you do it like two or three times in a week. Maybe you can't do it every day, but you do it a few times a week. You will start to notice an increase in your ability to bring your attention back to the thing that you're wanting to focus on because you're literally building that muscle as you do this practice and keep your attention on the breath you can then use that same muscle towards anything else in your life and the way i think of it is it's you're building a kind of self-discipline and self-discipline creates more freedom because you're less likely to get to get pulled off track not just for like work tasks but things that you really care about things that you're they're most passionate to you you can use this same muscle to really benefit your life so i really want to encourage you to try this one meditation out first and try it for a few days and see what impact it has And if you want to read more about that meditation and you have the book Drummer in the Great Mountain, that's on page 183, and that's Watching Your Breath Meditation. This next meditation is called Body Image Talk, or BIT, and you can find this on page 184 of the book. This is directly from the meditation teacher Shinzen Young, and he adapted this from classic Buddhist meditation practices. And this meditation involves bringing your awareness to body sensations, imagery in your mind's eye, and talk, which is like mental chatter and commentary, in that order. Body, image, talk, or bit. 
So I'm going to walk you through one round of this meditation. And then once you understand the components of it, then you can take it and create a longer practice for yourself. So just with as with the previous meditation, find a comfortable sitting position. So either sitting on your on your ankles or sitting in a chair with your spine erect or sitting cross-legged, whatever's comfortable for you. Find a comfortable seated position. Close your eyes and become aware of your breath. And again, relax your muscles. Relax, especially like the muscles in your face, your shoulders. See if you can get yourself into a place where you're feeling relaxed and comfortable in your body. So to begin with, we're going to program three buttons that are going to be finger positions that you're going to associate with each one of the three parts of this meditation, which is body, image, and talk. So consider it's like you're programming a part of your body that when you touch those two fingers together, you're bringing back that specific mind state. So using the acronym BIT, body, image, and talk, body refers to body sensations. Any point on your body where there's a sensation arising, we're going to call that body. And image or imagery refers to imagery appearing in your mind's eye. So that's going to be the second part. And talk refers to any chatter or commentary happening in your head. So let's begin. Touch your thumb to your index finger and say quietly to yourself, body. Now choose one point on your body to place your awareness on, just one. Now the easiest one to start with is the place where your thumb is touching your index finger. So become aware of the quality of that sensation at that particular point. You're bringing your awareness to one point on your body, and let's start with the point which your your thumb and your index finger are touching. So just become aware of that particular point, and note whether or not that is a strong or weak sensation. Do you notice that that sensation is fluctuating or is it constant? Is it kind of moving in and out or is it something that feels very solid and stationary? And note the area of feeling. How large is the area of sensation? Is there a strong point of, of, of sensation that's starting to ripple out? Or is it a very specific localized location of sensation? So just become aware of the quality of that particular feeling sensation and just keep bringing your awareness to that point. Now, as you're doing this, if imagery appears in your mind's eye or you're hearing chatter or commentary, that's okay. Just bring your awareness back to that one point of awareness, that sensation, and just rest your awareness on that one particular point. Now, release your fingers and release your focus for a moment. Now, we'll move on to image or imagery in your mind's eye. So, touch your thumb to your middle finger and quietly say to yourself, image. So, touching your thumb to the tip of your middle finger, say to yourself, image. 
and become aware of the imagery appearing in your mind's eyes. So the thoughts as they appear, they will have visual components. And it's as if you're sitting in a movie theater and you're, you're seeing them projected on the screen in front of you. And you're just the watcher watching the imagery as it changes and, and moves and morphs. So just become the watcher. So if you find yourself falling into the imagery and losing your place as the observer, just bring yourself back to the place of just being the watcher of your thoughts. Now you may find that these images intensify or maybe there's uncomfortable images that show up or pleasant images that, that show up. Either one, just find yourself in the position of watching the imagery as it appears on the screen, become aware of it. Now, and sometimes it will, it will become more intense, and in other times it may com- go completely black. Both are completely normal, and you're doing the meditation perfectly. And if you find that body sensations are starting to pull you, or that talk and chatter that's coming, the inner commentary, if you find those starting to arise, if there's some uncomfortable point of your body, just quietly bring yourself back to being the watcher of the imagery appearing in front of you on the screen. Now release your finger and release your focus. Take a couple breaths. Now we'll move on to talk. So touch your thumb to your ring finger and say quietly to yourself, talk. And bring your awareness to in between your ears and start listening to the talk that's happening in your mind. The talk, the chatter, the commentary. Just as with watching imagery, just become aware of it without engaging in it. Just become the listener. Just observe the talk that's happening in in your mind as it's saying things commenting on whatever's happening in the moment and just become aware of it just listen just listen to it and as before don't engage with it if you find yourself falling into the storyline or the talk just come back to that place in between your ears where you're just listening and you may find that the talk gets louder as you start to do this Or you may find that it goes completely quiet. Both are completely normal and you're doing the meditation perfectly. If you find yourself getting pulled into body sensations or imagery in your mind's eye, just keep bringing yourself back to being the listener. Just listening to the chat and the talk that's happening. Or the quiet. And maybe there's quite, maybe all of the talk quiets down and all you hear are the subtle sounds in the room and outside the room. If you're doing, if that's where you're at, that's perfect. Just allow that to be. Now release your fingers and your focus and take a deep breath. Now you might want to pause this recording and do two more rounds of body image talk. So just as I went through those, you may want to go through two more rounds of that. So, and you might want to think about doing each of those for three breaths each. So body sensations, you're focusing on that for three breaths, and then you're stopping, taking a breath, then going into imagery awareness, and then stopping, taking a breath, and then going into talk, 
going for three breaths, stopping and then taking a breath. And then that will be a full round of meditation. So if you choose to, pause the recording and go two more rounds of body, image, and talk. And when you're complete, open your eyes, stretch out, stretch your body out. And you've now successfully uh, meditated in a very old practice. There's variations of that practice that go back a very long time. Uh, One of the great benefits I found to this particular practice is it showed me undeniably that I can quiet my mind. And there's two specific areas that I can denote, which is imagery in my mind's eye and talk as being the thing that both brings me joy, but also a lot of suffering. So if I can turn my brain off, it's going to happen by those two specific areas quieting down. Imagery in my mind's eye and talk. Now, of course, body sensations is a simple one. We know what that feels like. That's very tangible. When we start to talk about what does it mean to quiet our mind, what specifically means having the imagery in your mind's eye go quiet and the talk go quiet. And that's specifically what it means to quiet your mind. And when you understand that, it becomes easier to to have that experience happen. Now, for me, what I found is in a very short period of time of doing this process, I mean, maybe the second meditation, the second time I did it, I found that when I brought my awareness to the imagery in my mind's eye, it would stop. It would just go black. And it was just that part of my mental activity quieted down to nothing. And when I went to talk and, and became aware of the chatter and the commentary, almost as if you have like a greasy, I don't know if you've ever had this before, if you have a sink with greasy water and then you drop a little bit of soap in it and it just all scatters. That was my experience with talk as well, where I would bring my awareness to it and it would just quiet. And then all that was left was, left was just the sound in the room. There was no mental chatter or commentary. And it was this great feeling of peace. And so to me, that was the two monkeys letting go of that noose around my neck and relaxing. And I was just like, here, there's this thing where you, do, you can engage in the world without constantly having your mind commenting or projecting things onto that screen. And when you're in that space, it's very, 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 very peaceful. So again, that practice is from Shinzen Young. So that's Shinzen, that's S-H-I-N-Z-E-N and Young, Y-O-U-N-G. So if you go to shinzen.org, that's his website. He's been teaching for many, many years. I remember listening to him on the radio when I was 17, and he has led thousands of retreats. He's one of our great treasures in terms of being one of these meditation teachers that has taken uh, insights from Eastern practices and really brought them into modern into the modern world. So he's written a book called The Science of Enlightenment, How Meditation Works. Highly recommend picking that one up. He's, he's really bridged the gap between science and classic meditation practices and really understands all of the ins and outs. So go to shinzen.org for more information on him. Our third meditation is called a nature awareness meditation. So as the name implies, it's a meditation you can do 
out in nature. And in a way, it's taking the best of the previous two meditations and giving you some insights into deeper listening. So I'll explain the meditation to you and encourage you to go out into nature and try this one out. So the basic premise is you find a place out in nature where at least you're exposed to more nature than human sounds. So like a park or going on a hike somewhere where you can get more nature sounds in your environment. This will be the most pleasant way you can experience this meditation. And the directive is basically this. You sit down, you sit comfortably or stand, but ideally you sit and you match the previous two meditations. You sit comfortably somewhere, find a, find a perch, find somewhere where you can sit comfortably on the ground, close your eyes, and bring your awareness to the sounds happening around you. Similar to the previous meditation, become aware of sound. Bring your awareness to in between your ears and become aware of the sounds happening around you. And instead of focusing on any one particular sound, you're becoming aware of all sounds simultaneously. So if you find yourself fixating on one sound or focusing on one sound, come back to your center and become aware of all sounds simultaneously. And so as you continue to do this, you'll become aware of the extent by which you can hear sounds in your environment and how far and how subtle your hearing can be. And again, the directive in this situation is to not allow your consciousness to fixate on any one particular sound. Keep coming back to listening to all sounds simultaneously. And if you find that chatter starts to come into your mind or you start to visualize things, come back to that feeling of expansiveness, that listening expansiveness where you're taking in all sounds simultaneously. And just as with the other two meditations, give yourself a time limit. Even set it, if you have your phone with you, set a timer, give yourself three minutes or five minutes and sit quietly and just become aware of the sounds in your environment. And similar to the previous exercise, you may become aware that mental chatter starts to quiet down and you'll be fascinated by just how much in the environment you can tune into as you quiet your mind down. You'll become aware of subtle sounds happening all around you that you would not have picked up on had you not done this meditation. And I think this meditation in particular is a key one for hunter types, because if you go back to that hunter-farmer model, if we were hunters, we would have to allow ourselves to tune into our environment and listen for every little fraction of a movement because one, something could kill us, and two, it was part of how we we ate. It was part of our survival instinct is to be able to do this. And so I really want to encourage you to try this one out. This is a fun meditation, and it goes really nicely with the previous two meditations that we discussed. So now let's discuss how to maintain a practice. How do you maintain a meditation practice over a long period of time? For hunter types, this is a big topic. It's important to discuss this because it's often common for us to get really excited about something and then we lose interest and move on. So how do we maintain a meditation practice for a long period of time? 
So I would say, one, find a good teacher that you really resonate with. Instead of just finding a practice, look for finding a teacher that you really respect, that's a good teacher, that you can tune into their talks or actually meet with them in person so that you have a guide to go through meditation practices with, that you've seen the impact on their life. Connected to this is finding a group that meets regularly, either online or eventually as COVID quiets down in person. That's ideal because then you've got a support group around you of people that are practicing meditation with you. It gets easier because you're not trying to just use your own willpower all the time to get yourself to do the meditation practice. That's a big ask. And for many of us, that's just a that's too much. And we need the support of a group to help us maintain our practice. With this, try meditating with another person. So your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, a friend, schedule a time and meditate with them. Again, that will be easier and it's less work on you to hold yourself accountable every single day. When you work, do it with another person, it becomes an easier thing for you to maintain over a longer period of time. Also, become aware of times of day you most enjoy meditating. So it feels, if it feels like a real chore to meditate in the morning, then meditate in the afternoon or evening. But if you really enjoy waking up and then doing your meditation practice, then that's the time to schedule it. Just become aware of when you most naturally enjoy doing a meditation practice. And this will take some time. So play with different times of day to meditate and find the time that feels really good for you. And as I stated at the beginning of this podcast, avoid it becoming a big have to. If you feel like, oh, it's just a chore to meditate, then stop, find some inspiration, find a practice that really inspires you, find a teacher that really inspires you and come back to it from that perspective. And alongside this is shift it up, set a meditation time and be open to trying different meditations if one is starting to feel stagnant. So I hope that deep dive into meditation and hunter types was helpful to you. Please let me know. I'd love to get some feedback on what was helpful to you. Were you able to find a practice that works? Are there any insights that you gained from doing those practices that I mentioned? Please reach out, info at drummerinthegreatmountain.com. You can email me there. And until next time, be well. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about the book, The Drummer in the Great Mountain, visit drummerinthegreatmountain.com. To join us on social media, click the links at the top of the homepage. Help us spread the word. We're a small press and reviews really help. If you've been enjoying the podcast or the book, consider writing a review on iTunes, Amazon, Goodreads, or your podcast app. If you're new to the podcast and want to quickly get up to speed on the concepts we discuss, check out our free five-day mini course. Visit drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash mini course. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover on future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at info at drummerinthegreatmountain.com.